0: Hello and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Byrd. I'm Lisa Plain. And today we're talking about what role should money play in your career decisions. This is pretty interesting of a topic, Lisa, and I'll preface this by saying that we do have another episode that's coming out a week from now uh, with a guest really around talking about the psychology of money and money management. So there's one perspective that we have coming down the pipe, but we're going to take a crack of our own at this topic. Where do you think we should start?
1: Well, I think that, I mean, as somebody who has based my, some of my career decisions on money in the past and who's very familiar with the term, the golden handcuffs, Mm -hmm. which is basically the idea that you're stuck in a job based on money. It's something that I've, Thought a lot about. And as a coach, now I see how these decisions can play into people's longer term career goals. And so I think it's really important to sort of dig down and try to understand a little bit more about the role of money in these career decisions and how you might make some of these decisions with a little bit more information.
0: Yeah, love it. Yeah. And as I think a lot of people who work in finance would probably say, that everyone's situation is totally unique and customizable and, and different from the next person. And, and from our standpoint, we are not like financial advisors. So dear listener, if you are trying to bank on us for your certified personal finance planning, that that's not exactly what this episode is going to be about. And we would like to remove ourselves from any liability that might be related to that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. No tactical advice coming through here, just all about mindset and the logistics.
0: Totally. Yeah. Uh, things to be thinking about as you think about money in terms of your career. Okay. Do you want to expand on the golden handcuffs part and just how it affected has affected you or the people that you were around going through, especially your corporate finance career?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it, it was a term that I first heard when I was working in corporate finance and it describes a lot of people. It can include your benefits, your, your base compensation, your bonus, all those things. And it's this idea that you have the golden handcuffs when you can see other options out there, but the money is so good where you are that it's easier just to stay because Mm -hmm. you, you've sort of created a certain level of a lifestyle for yourself. You don't necessarily want to change that level and looking elsewhere, just seems like a lot of work.
0: Okay. It's interesting because I've, I personally have never been in that situation whatsoever. And I will definitely bring more of the opposite end of that reality, but what else would you add to the golden handcuffs perspective that you just shared that people should maybe think about now just off the cuff?
1: Well, notice if you are feeling that way, if you are feeling like you're comfortable and, and A lot of times, too, people worry that if they make a career change, that they're not going to be making as much money as they are in their current job. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that I don't have a stat here, so I'm not going to try to make something up. But there's a good proportion of people who, when they do decide to make that change, even if there's a small dip initially, the longer term potential of their earnings changes more dramatically. So... If, if you're somebody who feels like you are stuck just because you were feeling comfortable with your finances,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's often not a good enough reason to stay.
0: Yes. I love that. And I just can think anecdotally, my dad left his corporate career, uh, not the most in the, not in the most voluntary way when he was in his mid fifties, went into solo consulting for himself And it probably didn't lead to his revenue uh, being matched in terms of what he was being paid in his corporate life right off the bat. But I do know that for about 15 years, he made more money as a consultant doing something that was totally of his own doing and in the long run really enjoyed that last phase of his career more than at any other point and made a lot more money doing so. So there's just one story, one small sample that proves that point to an extent.
1: And people, people make those decisions based on a variety of things. If you're mm-hmm. making that decision for family reasons, that's totally understandable. Like the, people do make that decision consciously, but if you're making it unconsciously or subconsciously, then that's a reason to sort of take a look into some of the topics that we're going to be talking about today. And really one of the the places that I'd love to sort of start with this conversation is around the idea of what's enough.
0: Yeah, So Totally and enough is an interesting one. Like enough really in quotation marks the word enough because enough for some people is half a million dollars in gross income a year. And enough for some people is $35,000 in gross income a year. And of course there's all that space in between and on either ends of the extremes. And I come from the standpoint of, um, when I first came out of school, for example, enough for me, just enough, was what I was making. I made about $19,000 Canadian in each of the first three consecutive years that I was in the workforce. So I don't know if we've ever actually talked about that on the show, but I, when you talk about me making enough, I mean, it was, uh, I made it work. And Mm -hmm. and strangely enough, uh, I wasn't super stressed out about it either. I make quite a bit more money now, uh, but and I would argue that I think more about finances and, and obligations and, and whether or not I'm making enough, quote unquote, versus when I was back then. So it's not necessarily the concept of enough is really not tied to a number, I mm-hmm. guess is my point. Um, and getting a sense of what enough is for your lifestyle and what you what might be an obligation. I certainly didn't have the obligations back when I was 23 that I do now that I'm in my early 30s. So that's one of the other big things that comes into play there.
1: Mm -hmm. And I like that you use the word obligations because there are certain obligations that we have both, you know, if it's a mortgage or something financially obligating Uh, student debt can be another one of them Mm -hmm. Um, family obligations as well. So there's a lot that kind of comes into that, but obligations can also change. So I've also worked with people who have made career decisions where they've decided to move back in with some family to get rid of some of their obligations and mm-hmm. have more flexibility to be able to do some of the things that they really want to do.
0: Yeah. And uh, it's such a great point there. I, I'm thinking of someone right now who's done that and it might be a tough time for, uh, you know, months, a year, maybe two years while you're doing that, who knows how long it'll be for you. If that's your reality, But I know of someone who's in that situation and they feel so much more financially liberated now that they have done that cleared a lot of obligations from the decks. And now the idea of quote unquote enough for them is really quite different from what it was a couple of years ago. So yeah, transformative. Uh, I think that, so there's a situation where person can be in looking at a role or they're in a job now and they're making quote unquote enough money to sustain the lifestyle that they have. And we can get into kind of what that does for a person when they're considering a new offer. Cause now there's all kinds of other things that are on the table, but I think for people who are not making enough or they're on the verge of potentially having to face larger financial obligations all of a sudden, and now they need to do something on the, on the financial income side of their, their life. And we can get into the budgeting side, but let's just say, for example, that you are expecting a child and all of a sudden two children show up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. That would be a pretty significant shift in long-term financial planning. Mm -hmm. So if you have to make more money, let's just say, let's just Mm -hmm. look at it from the income side for a moment, possibly from the standpoint of, okay, do I now need to be changing industries? Do I need to be going into a vertical that's higher paying than the one that I'm in now? Mm -hmm. Do I need to be getting skills that allow me to get access to that industry that I might not have? Do I need to be looking at potentially having a side hustle or a second job? And if I have that second job, does my main job, is it going to be so energetically draining that, that the side job is unsustainable? I mean, side jobs, on their own can be really demanding. That's kind of my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a good sort of energetic mix of work in your life, then I can see how you become really depleted in those two areas really fast. And now your financial, um, your ability to create any kind of finances, any, in any way really goes down the tube.
1: True. Yeah. When you're feeling completely drained, you don't have the energy to do it. You're not likely to go out and make sales and do Mm -mm. what you need to do to make it happen.
0: Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? And what should people think about when it comes to more of the the budgeting expenses side of that kind of a problem?
1: I think that sort of um, to go in line with that, there are a lot of opportunities for other income. So I love that you brought up the idea around finding another vertical that pays you more money. If that's something that is really important to you, you can make those decisions. So it, it's almost like figuring out what your needs are and then figuring out how to meet those needs. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, definitely, like you said, income opportunities, but then on the expense side, for sure, there's enough and then there's comfortable. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: there's a big difference between those two, because enough could be just paying the bills, making sure that you have food, but the amount of food that you have, how you obtain your food. Like, are you, if you're not ordering in all the time, that's a big dollar difference than if you're going out and buying groceries at maybe the discount grocery store. So there are ways of also impacting the amount of money that you're spending and also making decisions on what you're spending your money on. So there's things that, um, for example, save you time. And this is something that I read a really long time ago, so I can't quote who, wrote it, Mm -hmm. but it's the idea that more people are happier if they spend money on things that give them more time. That makes sense. Yep. So it could be taking an Uber instead of taking public transit. It could be having a a cleaning person at your house or a cleaning company at your house, as opposed to cleaning your own house. Mm -hmm. There are so many different ways of doing that, but um it could also be making a decision between making a coffee in the morning and buying a coffee but all of these little tweaks impact your finances
0: yeah that is a really great point because it, we could get, get we could get into sort of the dynamics around money versus time and the fact that money is really in some ways is almost like a renewable resource and that there is money that's circulating all over the place. And can you get access to it? Yes. No. How versus time, which is not renewable period. (laughs) It's like, it's one of the only really absolute limits that exists in life. And so it makes a lot of sense that people are willing to spend money, which they can always make more of later on to get back time, which they can never get more of. Yeah. And we're, ne- we're never guaranteed to even have more of. <laughs> so I understand totally. it even more based off of that.
1: And the reason I bring this up is really because when you're making a career decision, you need to understand that you have options. So if you feel like you're completely closed off, that you're stuck in this pattern because of the amount of money that you're making, there are so many options and ways of looking at it. And it sort of ties into the idea of your relationship with money and what money actually means to you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So for some people, money means freedom. For other people, money means survival. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: For others, so for example, somebody who has grown up with um, maybe a family who doesn't have a lot of money, they, to them, money might mean comfort and security. Totally. And so bringing your own values into the thought process as well is really important so that you understand why you're making the decisions that you're making. And if those decisions are serving you in your career or if they're holding you back from doing something else.
0: Yeah. One of the things that sort of popped into my mind, as you said, that is that your decisions as they pertain to money in your career ought to or could relate to your general overall view, worldview of money and the role that it plays in your life. Exactly. I, I heard that right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's to you, dear listener to try and think about because I personally, I don't even want to start prescribing anything there. It's, it's a great perspective. It's a great question or set of questions to bring about, because I think a lot of the time we oversimplify When I say we, I mean, anyone who's considering a career decision can sort of say, oh, like this, this obvious next step for me that pays me more is what I should be pursuing. And I think it really depends on, I mean, there's, there are trade-offs to literally every decision that we make. Mm -hmm. And are we okay with the trade-offs or are they going to be, are those trade-offs going to lead to some violation of another value that we have? In our lives. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And so that sort of ties into this idea of your priorities, your work priorities. So there, there's five sort of things that people tend to optimize for in their career.
0: Ooh, tell me more about this, Lisa.
1: (laughs) Okay. So the five things that you generally want to think about when you're optimizing your career are experience, impact, compensation, work-life balance, or flexibility and title. And these things will hold different weights at different times in your life. But if you can get clear on, you know, what's the absolute most important right now, what's the absolute least important right now, and where do the others fall in between that can help you to make some of these bigger career decisions.
0: I love that. So you're saying that that it's possible that compensation and what you're making in your career is not even one of the top three priorities, for example, it, it might be the bottom of these five. Can you walk me through, I mean, compensation as we've talked about it really around, like, it's what we've said is, are you going to be satisfied making what you could be making in this role or in the role that you're making now or in the role that you have now, but can you walk through the other four categories? Cause I think those are really interesting optimizers.
1: Yeah, for sure. So experience is the experience that you're gaining from the role that you're going to be in. So for somebody, they might be looking to to make a horizontal move in their career because they know that the experience that they need in order to move to this other career goal that they have, Mm -hmm. they need to have experience in that. So just as a very specific example, if you want to go and be a CFO of a company, there's likely time that you're going to spend in the accounting department, there's likely time that you're going to spend in the sales department. And so just so that you can see how these things work. So that's Mm -hmm. when I'm talking about experience. Impact could be impact within the organization or externally. So within the organization, the impact is, do you have any impact on decision making? Do you have any impact on the overall end goal uh, or the consumer? Work-life balance or flexibility is totally what you decide to define that as. Flexibility could be flexibility to work your own hours, or -hmm. it could be flexibility to have nine to five and go home and be with your family or do your side hustle or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And then title is just that. Are you looking to have that CFO title? Are you looking to be a VP or director? Is that going to be something that's really important to you?
0: Cool. Yeah, I love that framework. It's a really nice, clean and easy way to just sort of throw up, um, some some perform, not performance indicators, but some metrics around how we are weighing the options that we might be facing, uh, as we either go through a job search or we consider a shift from the role that we might have now, or we're unemployed. It's, it's super practical. Yeah, and I, I, I want to just really quickly go back to the work life balance and flexibility, and and just pull out a term that Nia bensi and Chill brought to the show, which was which was around work life integration and the idea of like how does work fit into your life? Because and this also is important from a finance side. Let's just say you're in a job where you make $300,000 a year, but you're also working 70 hours a week. So, what is the $300,000 a year going toward? Is it going towards family expenses? Are you a bachelor and the money is just sitting in an account somewhere? Or, like, there's going back to that point, like, we only have so much time. So, how do you give yourself the opportunity to actually? either enjoy or invest or use these finances that you are creating with the role that you have. And I'm using the extreme case, but I of like a $300,000 salary. But I think the, the same thing holds true is I think you have to have a sense of where will this work and this financial windfall fit when I measure it up against the other things that I want to do in my life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense.
0: Cool. Cool. I think so we've talked about a number of things here. If you are in a situation where you can make enough quote unquote, or if you're comfortable financially with where you're at, I think that you can start to more easily look at money and the conversation of finance from a longer term perspective and seeing like, what are the really long-term things that I want in my life? Because, and I feel like I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. Uh, but the idea of compound interest and wealth creation over time is really a function of how much time you have and the rate of savings that you are able to generate. And so when you kind of look at financial optimization, it's like, okay, what what are the really long-term goals that you have in your life? Could it be leaving a legacy for some other people in your life? Could it be to one day be retiring in your 50s, in your 40s, could it be to go and have 12 kids? Like I'm 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 exaggerating a little bit, but probably not for some people. Yeah. What are what are your thoughts when you think about how people can think about money in the long term for their careers?
1: I think you've you've hit the nail on the head there with the long-term career goals. You need to think about what it is that you really want to do. And not everybody knows. So as far out as you can look. Mm -hmm. That's where you should sort of be starting. And our conversation next week definitely goes into more detail on this particular topic. So I don't want to add too much at this point, but I do want to just add that, you know, earnings potential is something that you can also consider. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people make decisions about taking an internship or comparing two jobs, one that would allow them to have that impact in their career, but didn't necessarily pay as much right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And if they had so there's there's sort of a happiness factor in here as well. So if you choose something that's not going to make you happy where you're miserable, your earning potential longer term is a lot less because people who are unhappy do not perform as well. Yeah. So you're not going to get the promotions, you're not going to be considered a, a high performer there's a lot of impacts that can come from that. So choosing the one that's more money doesn't always actually give you what it is that you want. And people who are looking at an internship, sometimes people will be looking at an unpaid internship. And again, sort of going back to those optimizers, you're thinking about the experience that you're gaining as opposed to the amount of money. So if I have this experience in the next five to 10 years, how does my career change versus if I just take this job that pays me how is that going to impact my earnings over the next five to 10 years?
0: Mm -hmm. I love, I love that question around what could this experience do for my career? Five to 10 years out from now. I wish I'd asked that when I was (laughs) 23. Um, That's a great point. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, That's powerful. I think that we've kind of hit that really well. And we'll let our episode next week with Jennifer Sahadi, on real financial freedom kind of hit the airwaves and take over this conversation. I think this has been a good primer. I think there's a couple of resources that we'd like to share and maybe any final points you want to make.
1: Yeah. So the, there's two final points that I want to make. Number one, all of this being said, it's really important to understand your value. So we're not saying you should undersell yourself at any point or not make a decision for a job. That's going to pay you more. If it makes sense for you. Mm-hmm. That's definitely not what we're saying at any point. And so I, I just want to sort of refer back to our salary negotiation episode, because there are times where it's going to impact your morale. So money, if you feel like you're being underpaid, it's going to impact your morale. It's going to impact your confidence. It's going to impact so many things. So you also need to determine the impact, not only on yourself, but also on your loved ones, on your long-term career goals that we were just talking about and your self-confidence.
0: Yes. So key, right? So how you view yourself will affect how you view money is what I'm kind of boiling that at a high level down to. Exactly. Checking in on that. That's cool. Okay.
1: And the episode was with Josh duty and it was episode number
0: 46. Yes. The art of salary negotiation. That's one of our best episodes of all all time in terms of listenership. So that was really an amazing clinic that he put on and I learned so much from him. Dear listener, if you are stumped right now on salary negotiation, that is just an amazing resource waiting for you. There's a book uh, that I have not yet read. It came out in uh, the second half of 2020. It's been on my radar. I've heard a number of people that I really look up to and respect, talk about this. It's called the psychology of money by Morgan Morgan. Hussle or Hussel, I don't know how that's pronounced and maybe neither of those two were accurate, but that is a really critically acclaimed book in this space right now. And it's something that I want to get to. You've got a book too, that comes to mind when it comes to personal finance.
1: Yeah. It's I will teach you to be rich by Ramit Sethi. Yeah. And I follow him on, I haven't actually read the book yet either. It's on my list, but I do follow him on Instagram and I'm on his email newsletter and he puts out some really, really amazing advice and content that you can follow along with if you are interested.
0: Cool. Yeah. I love that. Those are good. I mean, accessible books, right? I think a lot of things in finance can sometimes get very technical. And as you can tell, dear listener, this was not a technical finance episode. It was never going to be, but it gives you something to think about in the grand scheme of this money is only part of the picture. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think for some folks it becomes the whole picture And maybe this kind of a conversation opens you up to the rest of what you could be looking at.
1: Cool. Love it.
0: Let's call it a week at that. Then for the career builders podcast, I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Plain. And we hope you are well, and we hope you'll join us again soon. Bye for now. Hey, dear listener. Thanks for tuning into another episode of the career builders podcast. If you love the show and want to help us spread our message further and reach new listeners, would you consider leaving a rating and review of TCBP on Apple Podcasts? Without a doubt, your help would be much appreciated. On behalf of Lisa and myself, thanks, and we'll catch you again next week. Bye for now.